0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to Deeper Than Dating, the best place for singles to up level their lives and take advantage of their single time. I'm your host, Sarah Mack, breakup and relationship coach, and I'm here to guide you to up level and upgrade your single life by building a deeper connection with yourself. I'm on a mission to help millennials take advantage of their single time so they can get over their past, stop settling in life, attract better relationships, and have fun while being single. On Deeper Than Dating, we will explore topics of self-development, psychology of love, relationships, and breakups, mindset, spirituality, and manifestation in order to deepen the relationship with ourselves, which is truly the secret to deeper dating. Whether you find yourself still trying to get over your ex, questioning all your relationship decisions, desiring a more fulfilling single life, or chasing your next relationship, This is the place to be. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey because the answer will be the same. Dig deeper into your connection with yourself in order to attract a better life and level up. It's not about dating. It's not about the breakup. It's not about your future. It's always deeper. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Deeper Than Dating. I'm so excited about today's guest because we are going to be diving into a topic that I am learning about myself, and I'm sure a lot of you are going to be excited to learn about as well. Today, I'm talking with Barry Selby. He is a love and relationship expert, helping women and men heal their heartbreak so they can love fully, which you know I am all about. So today, we're really going to talk about how you can master the dance of dating and getting the love that you want. So welcome, Barry.
1: Well, thank you. Glad to be here, Sarah. It's going to be a fun conversation.
0: Yes. So let's start with your background and, yeah, what you do.
1: Sure. Well, um, I'll start by saying I've made lots of mistakes, <laughs> <laughs> which is, that's the thing, because sometimes people are like, well, the should be an expert, so expert, because he's so good at what he does, like. No, we generally learn by making mistakes first, then fixing them and learning how to do things better. Speaking to that, I've been in the field of study of human development and and people and psychology for, God, for decades. I have a master's in spiritual psychology and other things too. And I kept making mistakes in relationships even with that expertise. So it really is about learning in the trenches, so to speak. And for me, my passion is really helping other people really do the inner work to be better partners because I discover very clearly quite often and more than one time if I didn't do the work inside, the mistakes will show up outside. And that was why I've been passionate about the work I do. I've got a, a book about this I've written. I talk about it in all my, in my podcasts, my own podcast, and I also have a lot of clients who benefit from this. So that's kind of why I do what I do. And the piece that I'm going to talk about today, I want to say it was the icing on the cake, but it was probably the biggest piece I didn't know up until I learned it about why I wasn't making mistakes in relationship and why I wasn't getting the love I wanted. So we're going to have some fun today, I hope.
0: Yes. And... I just, everything you say, I know this is kind of why we hit it off when we, when we met, because it's like, this is the meat of the work. It's the inner work of attracting better relationships. And there's definitely a correlation. I think why certain people are drawn to this work is because I too have learned through the trenches and why I'm so passionate about this topic and helping people get the love that they deserve. Absolutely. Not settling. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So
0: how, so how do we do that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, you've <got> four days. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's turn this into well,
1: the, a retreat. Well, actually, let me, let me speak to that piece first. Then we we'll get into, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. But the one thing I want to speak to as well is that we have, as I said for myself, was wired and believed that I would find love out there to make myself mm-hmm. feel better. And that's backwards. The true work, and as you said, it really the way we do it is that we have to do the inner work. And what I what I mean by that, particularly is we have to really navigate back to a relationship with ourselves because it's the longest relationship we ever have is the one with ourselves, is to make that relationship a priority so that we can really find alignment and love inside first. So when we meet somebody else, we can be generous with love but also receive love that isn't um, – we're not acting like a vampire sucking the love from them, so sort to of speak, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's the inner work. So I absolutely agree with you. The inner work is the key to really be a better partner, but also do be better in life as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And learning what love actually means. I feel like, like you said, being a love vampire, it's like someone is, when you're seeking a relationship, it's like we're, a lot of people are seeking that relationship to fill a void for the wrong reasons or recreate love from childhood That the way they defined love, which isn't necessarily true love.
1: Oftentimes not. In fact, that's one of the challenges is that, and again, this is something I've learned over my own journey and, and the mistakes I made and everyone can reflect on the same thing is that we tended, especially in our early 20s and early and late 20s, we would tend to emulate the love we experienced when we were kids from basically from the model that we watched our parents do. We learned as, as young kids, babies even, to observe the environment around us, which included the adults, our parents particularly, and how they exhibited certain things like how do they love each other? At a young age, we don't know how to intellectually understand that. We just take it in as being the truth. And so, fast forward 20 years or so into our adult life, when we start dating, we will be defaulting or almost unconsciously using the same wiring we learned as a kid to make love to other partners, which means that when they say, like, you know, women tend to marry their fathers or men tend to marry their mothers, not literally, of course, but energetically, we tend to repl- repeat those patterns we learned as a kid because we have that wiring that love has to be done this way. Mm-hmm. And so until we change that, we won't find love any other way, frankly.
0: And aren't we unconsciously, if we did have a troubled relationship or a troubled pattern in our childhood, unconsciously wanting to recreate that so that we can fix it in some way?
1: Well, it's got to be conscious first. That's the key, of course. You know, the, 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 I, one of my things I talk about my work a lot is like awareness is the first step always. Because until you're aware, you can't change anything. And yeah, the thing is that we we go through whatever we go through as kids with our parents, whether it's divorce or addictions or anything else. And if, for example, if you're if you're a woman watching this, listening to this conversation, and your father was a workaholic, was never around, you tend you may tend to find yourself attracting partners that will leave you, mm-hmm. even though it's not in the, it's not their dating profile. They didn't tell you in the first date that they're going to do that. But somehow this amazing gift that we have as being human beings is we have this ability to unconsciously attract things we didn't expect, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And it is until we actually notice, look at and do something about those wiring beliefs we had in in the past, we would tend to attract the same thing again and again and not be able to change it. So if you want to get the love you want, you have to be willing to look at yourself and what you've been did as a kid, what you learned as a child that you're still doing as an adult.
0: Mm -hmm. And when do you think someone starts to become aware that there's a problem? So let's say someone click play (laughs) because they want to master their dating life and they're like, I need to change. What what are some symptoms that this person might be having?
1: Well, the, the, the fact they're saying that means they are aware there's something off, there's something missing, something wrong, whatever that is. What tends to be the well, I'm not say so it's the obvious one, but it tends to be quite a frequent one is that we start noticing the same thing happens in different relationships, even though the different partners are different each time. I, that was my lesson. It took me in one part of my journey, it took me three different relationships to figure out what was going wrong that I was mm-hmm. causing because obviously I was the common denominator in those relationships. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they are, the women I chose were all different, but I realized now I chose them on an unconscious level so they could give me the same experience. Mm-hmm. But it was the third time where, actually, let me be transparent. Um, The the third relationship, she actually told me what I was doing wrong. (laughs) It wasn't me getting aware of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just to be transparent, you know. And that's the thing is that we are oftentimes unaware. And what we'll do, and I did it myself, is we go, well, that didn't work. Let me find someone new. And without looking at ourselves going, maybe I need to change how I'm being in relationship to have a different result. So it does take awareness again, and it may take the second, third. It might take the fifteenth relationship. It depends who you are.
0: Yeah. So if if someone really wants a partner, they want love, and they're dating. This is why <laughs> if you're listening, please look at your patterns. Absolutely. You write write it down on paper. And what do you say when someone comes into your, to your world when they just start to have this realization? Like what what kind of path do you start to put them on?
1: Well, first, first, I commend them. I congratulate them for discovering this because men, most of the population doesn't have a clue. So mm-hmm. if someone comes to me who's saying, like, I'm realizing I've like, got this pattern, I want to fix it, I'm like, first of all, great news because you're one of them the, the um, less than 1% of the population probably who actually gets the fact that something's a change. The thing is that the work I do with my clients, first of all, is um, we have a conversation up front because I want to make sure that the person who I'm talking to wants to do the work. Because I can't coach somebody who's not willing to do the work. There's no point, and I don't benefit not a day. So there's always an an, an intake conversation to say, make sure we want to work together. And working with my clients over time is really, I say, use the term excavation, but it is a kind of sense of unpacking what's been running as an autopilot for so long, so it can be changed. So part of the work is really, um, re rewriting the history, and in a sense also. And I do a lot of work from my background with NLP and and psychology. To do what's called parts integration, where I really start to tra- transform the inner. Um, it's like you know, you know, modern cars have all these computers and things that make sort sure of the car run smoothly. It's kind of like we have the same thing inside that we have those little computers and um, operational tools that do things for us without us even thinking about it. That's the wonderful thing about being a human being is we have amazing ability to do so many things without even thinking about it. As a gift, we have. Mm-hmm. It can be a curse. <laughs> so. A lot of work I do with my clients is to really navigate through what is causing these in the first place, and how do we transform it? Because none of it's wrong. We're not We're not trying to remove things. What we're going to do is transform and change the, the programming, the beliefs, the wiring, so to speak. So then we have, a, we have a better view of the world and a cleaner view of what we're looking for and who we are in that relationship.
0: And it takes so much repetition and consistency. And knowing that you can change, it takes time. It's not overnight.
1: If, oh, I wish it was. <laughs> well, I, know. I mean, there might be one or two people who do get it that quickly, who has an epiphany and goes, oh my God, I realize what's going wrong. Yeah. That's very rare. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that privilege, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do you master the dance of dating?
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years slightly, this is another piece of the puzzle. And this is the part that really changed my life back in 2007 is... The people have banded this term around a lot, lot for a lot of times about masculinity and femininity and about toxic masculinity and divine feminine, all those different things. I have a I have a certain perspective on some of these things. For a start, toxic masculinity doesn't make sense to me because masculinity is never toxic. That's actually the machoism, the ego-driven um dominance that some men carry, which is which is toxic. Masculinity isn't that, and that's the differentiation I learned. So the masculine-feminine polarity, the dance of masculine-feminine polarity, so to speak is really what's been missing a lot in our relationships um from a lot of my female clients complain to me that they're all doing the work they're the ones that are, that are chasing the men they're not being chased by the men and a lot of the men have been saying and I learned the same thing it was like they've been scared to chase the women because of the me Too conversation mm. so there's this unfortunate place where both partners are very very um coy for want of be a better word or actually, to use another word shit scared of making mistakes and so in terms of the masculine and feminine piece which when it's in its cleanest form the most um i would say altruistic most authentic way is the masculine leads the feminine is the dancing with that in fact the, the analogy or the the visual i use is the dance of argentine tango in the argentine tango the male partner sorry let me back up a second I I tend to align masculine with male and feminine with female because it's just easier, even though it's not always the case, because masculine and feminine can be on either switch places and we all move along the spectrum of masculine and feminine depending on what we're doing. If we're driving, we tend to be in the masculine. If we're nurturing a baby, we tend to be in a feminine. It doesn't matter what gender we are or even what sexual sexual preference we are. So true for gay couples too. So in Argentine Tango, the masculine partner, the man generally, is one that creates the structure, the frame, the position that the female partner, the feminine, flows into and works with. And if you watch Angeteen Tango, when it's done really at the high level, professional levels, which I've never been at, <laughs> I watch these partners and the flow is very sexy. It's very, it's very congruent. They're working together so beautifully. And it's also very clear who's doing what, who's where. So understanding that's the way that the the dance of dating works not necessarily flamboyantly, but certainly in the energetics where the masculine is the one that takes the lead, not to control, but to invite. Big difference. And the feminine, which is the thing that women don't understand or may not have understood as a perception, is the feminine is more powerful than the masculine is. So when the woman is being led by the masculine, she doesn't give up control. She doesn't give up her power. She trusts him until she is... No, I want to say until... She trusts him while she feels safe. But she also will trust him until he's no longer trustable. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if he doesn't stay in his masculine, she'll feel it. One of the feminine women, especially women who really tune into the feminine, have a much greater sense of intuition and um, sensitivity. So if a man is not being in his alignment to his truth, not being honest, not being real, she knows. That's one of the biggest gifts women have. One of the biggest traps of men is you've got to be honest or you're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. so the masculine is 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 in a lot of ways the safety that women need in fact the way putting it is that for the for the for the feminine the masculine creates a safety that she can rest in Mm -hmm. and it also works the other way whereas the feminine creates a safety for the masculine to rest in as well just a different way because the feminine is in the softness the masculine is in solidity there's a little difference of energetics but when they're together that flow first of all it creates let me be clear a much greater sexual experience when one part is masculine, one part is feminine. Again, independent of gender that is required for chemistry to really work. I'll get to that one in a second. I want to come back to that because the juicy bit will keep it Yeah, I'm
0: in. having so many questions come up. I love it.
1: <laughs> but the, 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 the way that I'm described... Oh, I want to speak to one thing about the... I said the feminine is more powerful than the masculine. One um, metaphor, analogy I use, that one of my teachers gave me, is that basically... The feminine is like a massive river running the side of a mountain, extremely powerful. And it it wanders through the, the, between the trees and down the hill, down to the bottom. The masculine are the banks of the river as in structural. They get, they give that they allow the river to flow more directionally, more powerfully, Mm -hmm. but also when the river gets full, it can overflow the banks. The banks can't control the river. In fact, the banks are guided by the river in a sense. They are the ones that create structure at, at the, Service of or at the the in service to the feminine in some ways. You mm-hmm. got tons of questions. You want to throw some at me? <laughs> you good for now?
0: I love it. You're such you're you're such a great <laughs> explainer. Is the word I want to say? <laughs> i a great um, teacher. Great teacher. Yes. Is is it a spiritual concept?
1: No. Let's just say. So so let me put some labels on top of this. So there's yeah. the divine feminine. There's also yeah. the divine. So divinity and spirituality is not gender-based or polarity-based, it's inclusive of all. There is a wonderful sense of spirituality that can happen when both partners are being authentic to their true nature. So it can be that way, yes. But it's not spiritual to be masculine or feminine alone.
0: Okay. So I'll be very open and transparent just so we can be a teaching. You can use my me as a teaching model because I grew up with two older brothers mm-hmm. and i very much know how to be in my masculine to keep up with the boys to achieve that is um that that's has always felt like my power mm-hmm. but now i'm realizing for the past couple of years that i want to be more in touch with my feminine and you know attract a partner and i want I want to be with a masculine man that knows how to lead and let me be in my feminine energy. But at the same time, I run a business. I am very achievement oriented. So if you want to give me some free coaching (laughs) right Uh, now, (laughs) but I think this is, this is so it's very relevant to probably so many of the women that you see, because the women that are very career oriented and achievement oriented are probably the ones having issues with attracting the masculine partner that they desire
1: the challenge of this and and, and let me let, let me do a little history lesson just to give a quick sense of this um I'll keep this short is that basically we've only been in this modern f- sort of framework since the 1960s or so because before that point codependency was the way of the land so to speak where basically the man would um caught the woman who was still living with her parents out of the house into his house basically so she never had her independence back in the 50s and beyond before when the sexual revolution women's liberation feminist movements happened in the late 60s there was a change in fact it was only in the early 1970s that women i think got their own banking accounts and credit cards so women's independence of the dominion of of, of the man only started happening in the late 60s early 70s, which isn't that long ago, frankly. Mm-hmm. So, what happened is women got their independence and didn't need a man to survive or to live. In fact, they got their own cars, bank accounts, houses, et cetera. And so, women were very much independent of men. And that actually, men got a little bit lost at that point. And back in the 60s and 70s, you know, a lot of men were growing their hair long and wearing like bell bottoms and wearing flowered, te- flowered shirts. It was a kind of a softening of the male energy. They weren't like in suits as much. And again, mm-hmm. I'm using broad strokes on this yeah so in the in the 80s and into the 90s especially women basically met the men on an equal playing field so to speak so women were basically asking the men out when men were asking the women out it was a very it was a very, very in a way combative energy it wasn't like courtship anymore yeah and what happened was we went from codependence into independence where we're heading where we're moving into and we're still evolving to this level is the term, again, I've learned from my own coaches on this and my own teachers on this, is the level of interdependence. Because we don't need each other, but we benefit from each other. So relationship, yeah. absolutely, is two people who come together to add to each other. But you don't come to each other to get something from each other necessarily. Obviously, things you can have from each other, which are wonderful gifts, but you don't go into a relationship incomplete. And, you know, my favorite quote to use in this metaphor is the one from Jeremy McGuire, which is, you complete me. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah we are all complete so what you're saying in your example about being in a family raised with two brothers i wish i would imagine for your safety you had to be like tough as them to stand to be equal to them sort of thing and to be also the way the family was that's not unusual by any means a lot of women and sometimes it doesn't matter how many brothers or sisters they have they can become tomboys or have that that male energy that they're doing to um To justify themselves to be in the world with the other people. So that becomes part of the makeup you carry into adulthood. And yes, it can be a challenge if you're dating to still have that autopilot running. Mm -hmm. So to be in your feminine for some women, especially if you've had that experience, hang on, excuse me, can feel foreign or alien even because it can also feel weak. The challenge for women who have had the put on the male armor for a while, so to speak can feel that to take that off and be feminine is a dangerous thing to do for them because they don't feel safe. And that's what I was saying earlier about the feminine is more powerful than the masculine, but our society hasn't told women that. So what I'm saying is, in case you haven't heard from society, I'm telling you now, ladies, you're much more powerful in your feminine than we are in our masculine in a good mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Because the feminine has the ability to embrace everything. So are you mm-hmm. going to say something?
0: Yes, on that note, because it is, since it is a spectrum, right? when you say more powerful in your feminine is there a sweet spot to that power because i feel like when i'm dating and in relationship i know how to tap into my feminine mm-hmm. i i i i feel connected to that but i there's probably there's a lot more work there to be done so i'm thinking okay maybe maybe that is scary i don't know i need to think about that Maybe, maybe there is a fear there, but like, where is that, where is that power that you're talking about? <laughs> that it's, is it like all the way at the end or is there like, yeah, a sweet spot?
1: I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a gradient of power on the spectrum, in that sense of like from masculine to feminine. It's just that where you tend to find yourself most aligned, because tr- really your power is where you're aligned, where you feel aligned, because yes. some men don't feel aligned when they're fully in the end of the feminine spectrum. If I may, may for aligned a little bit further back. In the sexual polarity piece of masculine and feminine polarity, the more extreme each partner is on one end of the to the other end of the spectrum, where one partner is fully in the masculine, and one partner is in the feminine, there's more attraction, like magnets. So, in terms of the the sexual attraction and the chemistry in a, in a couple, the more at each end of the pole, so to speak, you are the better, because then you create more attraction to each other. But when you're both doing things together, you may both like if you're running if you like if a couple is running a business together. They tend to both be in the masculine quite often because the business is very masculine, you know, logical, step by step, focused on the goal, getting things done. That's a very masculine way of doing things. Ideally, though, one of the partners is in their feminine some of the time to have the vision of the whole thing because part of it is the grand vision, what they want to bring in, what they want to attract, which is more of a feminine perspective. And again, these are independent genders, so it could be two men running a company, or two women running a company, or a couple running a company. There's going to be different different roles in there, and in relationship. And it, this is not one hundred percent of the time. Just to be clear, yes, you know it has happened to tap into your feminine, so you need a man that you can trust. Keyword: in his masculine, so you can feel safe with him. The challenge with couples is we we don't tend to stick to one stick to our guns all the time. You know, the challenge for most men is it's not easy to, to be to be masculine one hundred percent of the time with their partners. If she understands that's okay, then it's okay. Then it makes a relationship work. But some women are like demanding the man must be masculine all the time, or he's not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. That can be hard to live up to, just to just to defend the men for a second, <laughs> including myself. So the dance of relationship, and I say so I've been I started learning about the masculine-feminine polarity back in two thousand seven. I'm still learning, so it's not like I've got it down. Yeah, and I haven't been dating. I've been single since two thousand six myself, so I have not been practicing with a partner much either. So the much as I know this stuff and I teach this stuff, I'm also a student when I'm going to be when I'm dating. And that's part of the joy of this and part of the fun is, and that's the other part about relationships, is okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fall short sometimes and go, hang on a second, I realize I messed up. Let me clean that up. That's ideally part of relationships too, is the ability to give each other um, space in a way, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you start to coach people, men and women, to identify this and work on this to get the love they want?
1: Well, the, the biggest part is they, they have to have some self-awareness to go, hang a second, I'm missing something again. As I mentioned earlier, having the awareness is the first step. For women especially, it's recognizing the gifts they have in their feminine. Most women, again, because of the way society has trained women, is they've got to go be go-getters and get things done and become successful and lead their own lives, which is wonderful at the same time not to sacrifice or to diminish their own feminine gifts, their own feminine authority. I've said in my work, one of my co- one of my coaches, I work with coaches too, um, she asked me, what was my bottom line of my work? I said, everything I do is based on respect for women, period. And I was like, that was the first time I said it out loud. And part of me was like, that's it? And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's why I do what I do. But what came behind it is, and this is the reason why i switched, why I opened up my work beyond just working with women, working with men as well, is because men need to know this too. And yes, I'm saying this clearly, that we need more respect for women from both women and men. And the way I help men is that I said that I help men open their hearts and they're giving up their balls, because mm-hmm. I was one who opened my heart and forgot to bring my balls along, so to speak, for a long time. And that's when I discovered the masculine work was remembering, oh, I can have both, because a masculine man is a man who has an open heart and stands in his truth, so he has direction and clarity and purpose. The way I describe it um, physiologically is a masculine man is a man who has a straight spine and an open heart. Yeah, his most. Macho men have a big ego and big balls and nothing else. a yes. difference. I know a yeah. few. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at that. Your face going, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I do too. Okay.
0: That's the missing piece, at least for some men in my life. Um <laughs> opening heart opening their heart because they're leading with ego. Right. How yeah. can how does a man do that?
1: well, the journey I went through was the learning that when I really lived in my masculine, I was actually way more powerful than I was in my, in my macho when I was being ego-driven because I also went through a lot of um subjugation in a way during my life. I was bullied in high school. That really put me at odds with being a male in my peer group. I became a lot softer and actually hung up with the girls, which is why I have such respect for women. But the thing is that through my life, I have always had more of a... I don't say open heart, but more of a compassionate space, but not having stood up for myself. That was the thing I was missing completely. And truly, a masculine man, and that's what I've learned to be, is to be anchored in my truth, where basically I who I am is unshakable. I know who I am, and I stand in that. And the way I serve the world comes from that place. But it comes from that place, the way I describe it, hand in hand with spirit, with spirit, with love, with compassion, with kindness. So it's the combination of the true, having the strength of the masculine in deep resonance but with the kindness and compassion of, of a of a of a benevolent king so to speak it's like it's a man who leads from a place of benevolence but also doesn't let his dominion suffer she so has a lot of strength in there that will fight for the rightness in a sense or, or will um defend his kingdom which could be his queen and children and that's I amazing mean, you know, that i dropped into the monarchy but you know that idea about the masculine feminine there's a certain mystique to it. that's almost like a royalty thing When a woman's truly a feminine she's not a princess she's a queen the way i describe it because there's an ownership of that authority that is regal and or and is the top of the game so to speak top of that level same as the masculine as the king there was the whole thing that was you know that women look for their prince or their knights like don't settle go for your king
0: i like that that's good i'm gonna quote <laughs> that it's gonna be the carousel to promote this, <laughs> don't Great. settle. Go for your king. It's so good. Okay, so what if? Okay, now you talked about the masculine. What about the feminine? So, like, what? Yeah, the energy that cause so, you said the, masculine open their heart. Now, yeah, talk about the feminine.
1: <laughs> feminine basically also like the man, like the male. The, the women tend to be in their egos. That's why women work in business and compete because they don't. The the way it was basically the way the way I describe it, I so said women went to work after the sexual revolution. Well, the problem is when women went to work, they copied the model they had, which is the way the men were. You know, back in the back in the seventies, I think it was, when Twiggy was famous, she had short cropped hair, flat makeup, and a and a sh- uh, padded shouldered suit on. She didn't look sexy or feminine. She looked like a man. But that was the model being taught. So women have unfortunately carried the mantle, and and probably on the, that's why the lot of women are. Stressed out shoulders because they've been carrying that weight for so long. Is they've been trying to succeed in the male world. The male business, the business world is a male dominated, male driven, male created environment. So women have done the same thing. And so when women disengage, they need to do things that nurture their feminine. One of the things I said, and this is for couples too, by the way. So say it this way for couples first, then women get the idea is that one of the most, one of the sexiest things a man can do for his woman, especially if he gets home from work before she does or he's home before she is is when she comes home from work, he takes her keys, her phone, and a bag from her, leads her to the bathroom where there's a bubble bath and candles and some soft music playing, and then tells her, I'll see you in half an hour. Gives her that space, because for feminine, for women to reconnect to feminine, doing self-nurturing things, being kind to yourself that are soothing, physical touch things are good, so like you know, bath salts, massages, um, things that make you feel feminine, because the feminine is very feeling energetically. Is one way women tap back in, so it's heart centered as well, but it's also very sensuous, and that ties in, you know, the genital and everything else too for women. It's not because women have been, unfortunately, because of our society, because of the rape culture, because of all things that have been happening in this world, women have been very felt very defensive or protective or scared to own their feminine sexuality, and the feminine isn't scared of that. Partly because it's authentic. I'm not saying women should walk, walk around the world just being that way the whole time. You need to be self aware and protecting yourself. But in an intimate relationship, when women remember that's part of who they are, they can get back into that energetic, and that that sends on the man too. So it's a good it's a good partnership that way.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm reading the book the The Art of Seduction right now. Mm-hmm. Does that do you? How do you feel about the that word, seduction and the feminine energy? Is it dis, is it does it go hand in hand or is it more of deceiving?
1: It doesn't go hand in hand, it is not deceiving. So let me say no to both of them.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <True> <laughs> question
1: Well, because the thing is, seduction has like many things, there's more than one flavor. Yeah. To so be to control or to fool somebody. Or because such seduction can be invitational and playful and and, and and sexy, so seduction has yeah. more flavor. So the word doesn't have, doesn't have a good or bad meaning for me personally. Okay. It's, it's like how you use it, sort of thing. You know, a hammer, a hammer can be used constructively or destructively. The hammer is neutral. So seductive, so yeah. seduction is kind of a word that has a thing too. The a book I, a couple of books I recommend if you want to do some good reading, for men and for women to read, um, a book that changed my life was a book by Dave Data, um, it's called the way called the way of superior man. That's his seminal book he wrote probably 30 years ago, 40 years ago now. That book was a book that I I read because I've actually studied with him that changed my life.
0: Okay. I think that's and on really my, my heart, actually.
1: Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's a good book for women to read too because it helps them understand what sort of man they want. You know, it's written for men because men need to get this. But it's good for women to see what sort of man they want to be with. So it's key as well. Another book for women that I recommend actually is by another teacher of mine, Alison Armstrong, called The Queen's Code. It really speaks to the persona of how women can be much more effective both at dating but also how to be a feminine woman in relationship there's a couple of books out there too which escape me right now but those are good two good starting points so the art of seduction is a good book too knowing that the reason or the intention behind the seduction is the key mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think it's i think it's interesting because when i think of tapping into feminine and dating i think of seduction <laughs> i think of like it, but in a positive right. way, that's what I think of when I think of feminine, the feminine power.
1: In a sense, yes, because well, I, yeah. because well, because because the feminine, the woman can be very invitational, which is wonderful for a man to feel that because it means she trusts him. Mm-hmm. So don't give it blindly. You know, when your woman is being imitational, being seductive, you don't do it to every man because it would be dangerous. Yes. So okay. you choose wisely who you're offering this to, so to speak, you know? hmm Mm -hmm. And so for us men, as I said earlier about the truly masculine man becomes trustable, It's a safe place when he demonstrates that and she knows it's true. She can feel it automatically. Then being seductive is safely received as well.
0: Yes. Okay. Do you, what about women that have issues with trust?
1: That's a very big question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I, this is something that I see. With clients and friends of women that have issues with trusting the masculine due to whatever reasons of their past. Is there something, I guess, yeah, that could be a whole episode in itself, but
1: it could be, yes.
0: Something to kind of, of course, be aware and then work towards trusting the masculine.
1: Well, the, the biggest thing, again, keep coming back to awareness, is to look back at your history. For most mm-hmm. women, unfortunately, their distrust of the masculine, trust of, excuse me, distrust of—excuse me, distrust of men in general. It's not just the masculine behavior; it's the men in general, because they were sexually wounded by a man, whether it was through a man who neglected her or a man who abused her, or a man, you know, could even could be a family member. So, they, for a lot of women, there's a lot of history that, unfortunately, is prevalent in so many ways, where women have been inflicted by negative male energy that isn't respectful and it's not healthy, it's not masculine. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of women who do have trust issues with men, absolutely. And that's not to be ignored or it's justified. So for women who want to change that, the first thing I recommend is looking back and seeing where those wounds came from, what was causing it. Because the thing is, and this is the thing, hard to say it, is that, yes, a woman may have had an experience with a man that really hurt them back in the past. The challenge is she paints all men with the same brush. Which men do with women too. We 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 get hurt by a woman, we paint a woman with the same brush too. Recognizing what happened with that person was individual. Now it doesn't mean all men are safe, but it means that not all men are bad. Yeah. And so it's that first step of becoming, okay, I realize this man did this to me, whatever that was. I realize now not all men are like that. But I need to be aware enough so that it doesn't happen again. So you have to be sensitive to that or be have your inner guidance and so to speak, online to detect when a man is in that yep. is that his wheelhouse or is he somebody you can trust again mm-hmm. honor and trust and safety are key qualities for a man to present for a woman to feel that way the challenge and i'm going to say this too is there some etiquette at faking that unfortunately so women have to be really tuned into their own hearts and their intuition and their wisdom to know this is really the real this is the real deal or is this the guy faking it
0: yeah so that's the key that's the work so since most of the listeners are single um, mm-hmm. this work is so important to be doing while you're single and maybe you're taking a break from dating or you are casually dating. What would you, I I always like to give just very like practical, this is what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell those listeners that they could do little things like the bubble bath, little things mm-hmm. to, you know, like nurture yourself to work on. Um, men and women to work on that they can start doing this week
1: first of all don't be swiping to try and find somebody right away take your time first of all i agree <laughs> <laughs> you know um in addition yeah for women do things that are self-nurturing really find ways to connect it maybe to maybe change your wardrobe or should say create a wardrobe that's purely for your romantic social playful times that isn't your business suit from work that sort mm-hmm. of shift for men, we have tended to be the more rigid part of the species, so to speak. So we need to do things that loosen up too. Do things that are physical, yes. One thing that men are, men can really do that helps them is do things that are physical, whether it is sport, or team sports or or biking, hiking. Do something that gets you back in your body because for most men, they've been in their heads too much. So something they can do for themselves is do something put them back in their body physically and i can help them ground in themselves that's part of the work yes there's a lot more work to do to become more masculine and to be more feminine but just starting with those two little things will get you at least thinking in the right direction but for both men and women again don't start swiping right away be be well the challenge is most of dating apps are designed for men by the way because they're designed to be like hunting galleries which Ooh. is not yeah which is what men tend to look at so so i can't deny it. it's what we do but the challenge for men is that ask yourself what are you really looking for are you looking for the one that's got the biggest tits or looking for someone who's going to be the right partner? Because they could, be, they could be the same thing, but might not be. And for women, are you looking for the man who's going to be a good partner or because he's got a good car behind him or he's got, you know, six-pack abs? He's like, we what are we looking for? What, what are we looking with? So it's a good thing to yeah. choose your uh, criteria before you start looking.
0: And the more you do this work, do you feel like <sighs> the whole attraction thing, like who you're attracted to is so fascinating to me? Because yes <laughs> are you laughing i could talk to you forever like <laughs> this is just so fast it's just so fascinating all of this um yeah so like okay a, a woman that let's say she's in her mouth this is kind of me um let's say she, yeah business by day seductress by night um okay. Or she, or she's working on, she's working on tapping into her feminine. Does her tr- attraction to who she's attracted to? So maybe when she's in business mode, she's attracting more guys that are in her, in their feminine. Maybe. But she didn't
1: have, Yeah, you know what the, I mean. The thing you have to think of also is this is the challenge as well. Just to out the men on this one. It generally men are lazy, I meaning the sense that we like to we like to accomplish goals so we can put our feet up. That's the way we're wired. So we will get the goal, and then it's like we don't necessarily keep going after that point. So we, we need to have ongoing um, goalposts, so to speak, to focus on where we want to move to next. For women, it is a challenge, yes, to be in the place where they're out in the business world. You, the thing about it is for women in the business world, if you're out, if you're in a corporate environment where you're working all the time, if you have silk underwear on, you'll feel sexy even if you're standing in a business meeting. You, know, you can do things, quote, undercover, so to speak that remind you of who you are, that connect you back into yourself. The challenge for women is they get so immersed in the business world, they forget who they are. They forget their femininity. You may not be yeah. feminine in meetings because you can't do that perhaps because the way you communicate, you have to stand in a very masculine energetic. But if you do things for yourself that are self-nurturing, either you know things you wear underneath or things you do on the breaks, what you do when you get home, to put you back in your feminine. Those are the things to remind yourself who you really are. And as you have to remember that you're basically you're putting on the mask of being masculine in the business world, but underneath it is who you really are. Does it help?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is a dance.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: What would be some positive signs that someone would would start to realize, like, oh, this is working. Like, I, I'm feeling more powerful, or I'm feeling more aligned.
1: In what context? You I mean when you're out, when you're single, when you're dating, or when you meet somebody? What are you asking the question based on? because I'm just want to be sure I answer the right question.
0: I'm thinking let's, yeah, let's talk about dating because let's say, okay, someone you're single, you maybe start to do this work and then you want to start dating. You want to find a partner. Um, yeah. What would be some positive signs that you're on the, you're, you're aligned in the dating scenario?
1: First thing is you'll notice the quality of your dates will improve because you'll have refined your choices. You also refine what you're looking for. If you are doing the deeper work, which I do with my clients, where you're basically breaking those old patterns, you're, you're healing them, you're transforming them, then you'll start attracting different sorts of people. And that's a good sign. It means you're on the right path. The, the, the gift and the curse of this is that there's going to be lessons along the way, no matter what you're doing. So if you do transform, heal an old pattern and shift it, you may discover another one. That's Okay keep doing the work, keep growing, keep transforming. That's one reason some of my clients come back to me more often than not, because they want to keep going. They want to go deeper. When you're dating, the other part is, and this is one of the, the secrets of this work in a way, is that you start discovering more and more that you don't need a relationship to be happy. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's for, that's like getting out of jail free card, you know? Because they've spent years and years moping around thinking they won't feel happy until they get the love they want. It's like, no. You start to get the relationship yourself working beautifully and in, 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 you know, in a... Whole fulfilled way, you kind of fall in love with yourself, and yeah. I don't mean this an egotistical way or a narcissistic way. I mean you just start you start loving who you are. First of all, you become more radiant, attractive to other people, which is a good sign. But secondly, you don't feel desperately driven to meet somebody out in the world. You, know, you don't feel lonely or needy. You just feel like I'm confident. I love who I am. And when I want to find somebody who meets me where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, then we'll talk.
0: That's the trick. That I see. That's what happens. It's when you do this work. You, I've had so many people, all of a sudden, they came to me because they wanted a relationship. Now they're like, no, I'm good. I'm going (laughs) to take my time. Good. I'm going to take my time. Yeah. Like that's, it's so common. And then they also become a magnet towards dating people that like people that want to date. And you can be pickier at
1: that point. You become abundant. (laughs) Yes. That's the secret. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yeah.
0: Any last thing you want to leave the listeners with as we wrap up?
1: Um, I mentioned that relationship with yourself is most important and the relationship you desire, the real relationship you want to have, you can have. It's Mm -hmm. really, you're, you're really the only one in the way. So do the work, whatever that work is, find the right person to work with, do the right, you know, read the right books, do the inner work, become the best partner for yourself. And you'll be amazed by who you might meet.
0: Yes. Love it. Okay. I have one fun question for you. <laughs> what is, what's something on your bucket list that you want to do within the next year?
1: My bucket list. Damn. Well, a couple of places I want to travel to. Okay. Um, cause I haven't been, I mean, it sounds small cause I, I live in, a, live in California. Um, I want to go visit some friends in Oregon because I think I was, was going to look at going out there before the pandemic and didn't do it. So now I want to make sure that happens this year. And I want to go visit my my brother and his family in Italy. I haven't been to for I've seen him in fifteen years.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, you got to do it. We're in Italy,
1: Tuscany. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went right before the pandemic, and I want where to go do back.
1: Go? Tuscany. We where did you
0: stayed, go? In, stayed in Florence, and then we took a day trip to to Tuscany and did like a wine tasting uh cooked at this farm it was the it was magical
1: (laughs) it's pretty amazing my brother lives in vinci which is about 30 yeah 50 kilometers about 30 miles from florence
0: yes yeah so good um okay tell everyone where they can connect with you and anything that you want to mention
1: sure um well my website is my name and so is all my social media except for instagram so barrycellb.com is my site um i've got ton of videos on YouTube. So you go to youtube.com slash Barry Selby, but on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all those places, you can find me as Barry Selby. Instagram, it's the real Barry Selby that because my original account got hacked. Um, but if you want to get help, reach out to me. You can. My website is in the process of being redesigned. It might be up and running by now. I don't know. And if you want to listen to this in six months, it probably is up and running. Um, but go to my website. If it looks a bit clunky, just send me an email at barry at barryselby.com and reach out for help.
0: Perfect. And I'll have your links in the show notes.
1: Thank you.
0: So thank you for being here, and we'll definitely do another one at least because there's just there's too many things to talk about. And I think this is life. This is life changing work. This is the work that people everyone needs to to do. So thank you for your work and for being here.
1: Thank you, everybody.
0: Yeah, of course. And if you're listening, thank you for listening. Pressing play, and we will talk next week. Bye.